Says Who is brought to you by you. That's right, you. We are entirely listener supported. You. And proudly, that's right, you. Yeah. Proudly so. We uh, we appreciate the hell out of everything you do. If you would like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash says who. Donate wow. any amount of money, uh, a dollar, a Bitcoin, uh, mm. a wooden nickel, a um, just a bag of potatoes, um, anything. We accept all wow. currencies and we will give you anything. Um, if you bid enough, we'll give you dance house. It seems um, like you're over promising at $20 wow. a month. Um, right. Dan will give you tap dance lessons for $35 ah. a month. I will come, uh, whisper in your ear at night. So oh, please boy. go to patreon.com slash shoot says who for, uh, for example, $5 a month. We post a lot of bonus content, ah. including the upcoming ask doctors. Amy says Carter, uh, Amy Carter shoe. You, you nailed where, it. I'm trying to do the ad. Yeah, you're doing great. Patreon.com slash who. Shut shut up, Dan. Okay. Says who is also brought to you by books. I'm Maureen Johnson, an author. I got books. Says who loves reading. And uh, I love reading. I love writing. Maybe you want to read my books. Perhaps the Truly Devious series. You got to start at the beginning with this one. Got to start with Truly Devious. You can't go in in the middle. I'm sorry. That's just the rules with this one. Some of the others, you can go in in the middle, not this one. Look, just get, just get truly devious. All right. Just, God damn it, Dan. That's that's good. You're doing great. Books. Hi, Dan. Good morning. Oh, God. Raw three-year podcast. Uh, three-year podcast. Take a sip of coffee. Uh, oh. Mm. I don't. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I don't have hey, Dan, any coffee, you, Maureen. You don't have any coffee? But, Dan, it's oh, we're doing. God. Oh, we woke up early to oh, do our, our three-year podcast. Dan, how are you? It is 6.30 in the morning in Los Angeles, where I am right now, and... I think I might be dying. Why, Dan? I just am. I'm. I'm. I'm very tired. <laughs> I. I am comically tired. Yeah. Yeah. You ready to do a podcast? Three year anniversary oh, special, God. Dan. We got to be really upbeat. Uh, I got all the musical notes right here. I got uh, the dance notes. That's a uh, three years. Uh, so can we just? Here we can go. we just get it's through this? Years. And I got all your. Did you learn your musical parts? Did you learn your song parts? Oh, we do the harmony together. Three I years. I didn't even look at the notes. What? What are you talking about? Three years. I thought we were this. just gonna kind of phone this one in. Dan. What? You can't phone in. First of all, we would never phone in any of these. Uh, Second, you certainly can't phone in the three-year special. I'm, but I'm very tired. That's the zeitgeist, Dan. You got to get it together. You're a professional. Bring it. Let's uh, go. All right, let's go. God damn it, Dan. I'm good. I'm good. We're, we got this. Let's do woo-hoo, three years. Yay. Three years. Woo.
Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. Oh, I'm Maureen Johnson. Oh, no, you're still doing it. And I am Dan Sicker. Hi, Dan. Oh, no. Hi, That's... Dan. Oh, uh, I feel good this morning. Don't you? I don't. But you know what? I am happy to be talking to you so bright and early, Maureen. It is, it is our three-year anniversary. Mm, holy shitballs. I, uh, I looked this up last night. Do you know what the traditional three-year anniversary gift is? Fire? <laughs> no. It's leather. Oh. Yeah. Wild, right? Ugh. Yeah. What's the second year? Uh, knives. Fourth year's chain mail. Okay, come on. <laughs> I really wanted it to be knife so bad. <laughs> it's everyone loves knife year. <laughs> Wait, you know what? We can do like a duet about love. Give me my leather and my day. You know, do that. You want to do that? The leather I don't know. and lace. I don't, I, I it's don't this know that old. Song. It's Stevie Nicks and somebody. Yeah, the I see that. I. You you hold up the Stevie Nicks end of this bargain, Maureen. I I have no knowledge of of Stevie Nicks. All right. Well, I'll gladly hold that up. All right. Oh boy, Maureen, I am in Los Angeles, California. It is six thirty in the morning, and because I am dumb, I did not sleep last night. Not because I was up living the California high life. Just because I have a bunch to do today, and so my brain was like, hey, you know, hey, 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 are you asleep? Are you asleep? Are you asleep? And I would be like, no, well, now I'm awake. And it would go, did you know you have a bunch to do today? And then I'd be like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to sleep. And it would be like, oh, sorry. And then two seconds later, it'd be like, hey, 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 are you awake? Anyway, that was my night. How are you, Maureen? What are you doing in LA? What are you doing? I'm doing some work at the University of Southern California. That sounds fancy. It's 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 fancy more. I'm I Maureen am very fancy. You are fancy, Dan. Extremely. That's why we call you Fancy Dan. That's exactly why I got the name Fancy Dan. Dan, you're not you're not as chipper as you could be. And it also I, sounds I, like it is you're... a miracle. I'm I'm pounding water. It's I like I'm hungover, but I haven't had a drink in a long time. I'm taking a nice sip of coffee here. I'm sorry. Yeah, but uh, mm, boy, I feel I don't feel great, Maureen. Mm. But I I feel like that's an appropriate metaphor, right, for a three year anniversary show for a show right. that was supposed to last eight episodes, right, right, right. Feeling very tired, feeling like maybe you got run over by a vehicle mm. without re realizing it. Feels It feels on brand, Maureen. I like Sleepy Dan. He's cuddly. He's not. Oh, he's he is. Not. He's, he's like not. a little little berry. I poked him when he was in his oh, in his God. cave, and he came out. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh, why did you wake me up from my hibernation? He's oh. all cuddly. I say, poke, poke, poke. Yes, poke the bear. 
Oh, God, you have poked the bear, but the bear oh. just wants to go back to sleep. Big, cuddly dance sinker. Poke, poke, poke. Oh, what about you, Maureen? You seem like you are roaring and ready to go here. You are I, wide awake. Mm, I'm awakeish. I First of all, it's later here. It's 930. It's, it's a luxurious 930 here. This is early for us. Usually it's a few hours later at least. Right, right. Uh, I think that we really do our best work around 5 p.m. Yes, definitely. <laughs> after, after a good day of letting it stew. Just suck it in the news. Yeah. It's really, like a, just, we're like the slow cooker of podcasts. That's right. That's us, the Instapot. Um, I'm good. I have some house guests, which is lovely. Uh, so things are a little uh, louder and more happy here this morning. You'll hear barking dog, uh, which is often a feature. But, uh, you know. So here's some people that she's being played with right now. So she's extremely happy. Um, there you go. But there I, almost go. Did, I almost didn't get here because she saw everything that made her happy this morning. I had to walk her right before I got on. One of our neighbors had locked herself out and was just sitting outside in the hallway when we opened the door. <laughs> oh, no. So every everywhere I went, every door that opened and the elevator opened and the other then that woman's wife came out and she's like, I love you too. Like everything was just like doors opening and just, it was like she was on the prices right and kept winning. Just, <laughs> just everything was just opening and she was just winning and winning. And then she got so excited that she came in and she's like, yeah, I'm going to get the mail and you're going to have to chase me. And she was chase, 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 chase. So nobody Marino, is, nobody is as happy as Dexy. On the prices right. Yeah. When you were a child and would yeah. watch game shows all summer. Like yeah. me, yeah. What was the what was the what was the game the mini game on the Price Is Right when it came on that you were like, oh fuck yeah, we're Yodeling in for a men. good time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Everyone says Plinko, but it's the dude it's that the climbs the men. mountain. They I don't know if they even still have that, but I hope they do. Uh, it was a it was a game where I don't even know what the how you how you played it, but it had a little. Got, it appeared to be a figure of a little alpine climber on a stick. Yeah. It was very analog. And he was climbing. And if he reached the top, I think the game was over. Right. There were little goats at the top. Little goats. And they would play this like yodely music. Like. Yep. I think you had to. I think as with everything with the prices, right? You had to name a series of prices. And then each price corresponded with a height in the mountain and as he would as the prices were revealed and whether you were right or not he would climb to the yep. to the top yodling, I love that yodeling guy Morin you mentioned the instant pot though yeah this is how my brain's gonna work now I'm just going to be constantly pulling back references that only just hit the hit the memory point uh, because it's moving very slow in there how has your says who you been going it's been going very well, Dan. Uh, first of all, company. So that's been good. So I'm talking instead of looking. Yeah. Keeping away from that screen, but with the presence and love of other people. That's a good move. Right? Uh, that's a good move. What about you? I have continued my yogurt making. Not Dad, here in Los much? Angeles. Can you imagine? Like I pack the instant pot and I'm making in, I'm making yogurt in the hotel. Dan, 
here's the thing about you that I want to say is actually true is that you're so kind of crafty and makery that if you told me that you had packed a mini because they have a smaller one. And oh, if you told oh, me that you packed that. well, they're not it's not super small, but you could get it in a carry-on. And if you told me that you'd packed a mini pot, although I don't think you're supposed to bring pressure cookers on planes, I think that they freak <laughs> out if why. you do that. I, I think they freak why. out if you do that. Come on, y'all. I just need to make some yogurt. Someone left an Instapot on the platform of the subway here, and the police closed the station. Yeah. It is a little bit disconcerting when I'm basically like, oh, I'm cooking with a bomb. Yeah. That that always does give me pause. But then, then I eat that tangy yogurt. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. I that's just been, like... I'd that's like been to broadly my says who you time. Bring in your Instapot. I gotta bring my Instapot. I'm making yogurt. Exactly. Takes a while. Plug it in in the it plug it in on in the plug between the seats. <laughs> you could choose, so it takes like 12 hours. You could get a long flight. Start it. By the end of, by the by the time you land in Australia, you've got yogurt. What if you bought a seat for your Instapot so it was next to you? Think they'd let it on then? Yeah. Look, it's got its own seat. Just yeah, gonna they have make to. some yogurt. They have to. If it's a ticketed Instapot, they have to let it's it you have to say it's my emotional support Instapot. <laughs> it's true. It is. Uh it's true. Do you know how Sezuvians have been doing some emotional support though, Maureen? They are on the Facebook. Doing their says who you together, and it is about the most damn inspiring thing that a guy can even conjure at 6.48 a.m. They are doing stuff, they're posting pictures, they're cheering each other on. Says Whovians are the best. It's so true. In fact, we are going to read you a wonderful set. We have says who mail this morning. Yogurt related. It is it is it is a male that somehow manages to hit the center of the Venn diagram between yogurt and Brexit. This is an amazing message from Sesuvia. We've to remove the name, but we love you. Uh, would happily say your name if you wanted us to. Let us know. Good morning <laughs> from the heart. What are you doing? Drive time radio. Good morning from the heart of the Brexit nightmare. I work in Westminster. Uh, side note, Westminster just basically means it's like working in uh, the Capitol like, building. Yeah, it's like you work in Parliament. I work in Westminster and have been using prorogation to catch up on the last few weeks of Says Who while trying to restore some order to the office. After listening to Dan's soothing yogurt talk this morning, I ended up queuing for lunch behind a grand Tory MP who was recently booted by Boris. And I remembered a well-buried memory from my early days here when, never having met the man before, our eyes met across the yogurt shelf in the canteen, and he recommended I switch to low-fat. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, God. That's much less weird than the Tory MP who followed me down a long corridor, repeatedly asking what medication I just picked up from the chemist downstairs having only previously spoken to me to tell me I looked unhappy, 
But I think both paint a picture of what this place is like in normal times and how through several years of egotistical dick waving, we've ended up here. Thanks for the coping strategy. And that's signed just RJ. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love that somehow we hit that Venn diagram right in the center. Yeah. Uh, Brexit continues wonderfully, Dan. Uh, This morning, the case of prorogation is in front of the UK Supreme Court. Oh, boy. How's that going to go? My entire knowledge of how it might go is based on reading of three news articles that say... That's three more than me, Maureen. You're basically an expert. Probably not well. Um, but I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, that's just the, that, that was what those articles thought. I, I don't, I don't know. There's no kind, there doesn't, I haven't seen anything more than that. I would just sort of guess just if I was just feeling the wind, I would say probably not well, because that's always a good bet in 2019. How are things yeah. going to go? Probably not well. Yeah, and you're, well. you're going to be, it's like you're doing one of those cold readings where you're like, I, is anyone here connected with someone with, I'm feeling the name and there's an M in the name and there's an E in the name. Is that anyone here in the room? So um, we'll find out if they, uh, because one court in Scotland found that it was, uh, it was illegal and that he'd misled the queen. Right. So we will see if the Supreme court holds it up. Meanwhile, there is just um, everything is now in a holding pattern. Um, but he did, uh, about two or three days ago, Boris Johnson compared himself to the, to the Hulk. Hmm. So it was a quote somewhere along the lines of every time the UK does something, that makes me angry. Hulk grows stronger. Hmm. So that's where they're at with that. It's a very, very basic reading of the Hulk Maureen. Well, that was his quote. Far more, far more multi-layered than simply when he's mad, he gets strong. He just gets Come stronger. On. He's a deeply complex character. Tell that to Boris Johnson. I don't want to. Well, I understand that. I really that. don't want to. Unsavory. You know, Maureen, I don't want. I don't want to do any of this new shit. I don't want to. Fucking Brexit sucks. Fucking, mm-hmm. we are somehow reliving the fucking Kavanaugh shit nightmare again. I don't want to deal with that one. Like, we're gonna fucking maybe go to war with Iran. On a lighter note, you've got fucking Sean Spicer on Dancing with the Stars, which is the biggest amount of bullshittery I can imagine. It's, this is supposed to be a celebration episode, Morning, Do we have to do the new shit? I... Th- we have to at least one. All right. I got one for you, Maureen. All right. I'm not going to read the headline. The headline gives it all away. (laughs) All right. It's from The Guardian last Friday. It's been the subject of intense debate among late night comedians and Donald Trump's mainly online critics. Many online critics. Sorry, I can barely read. It's early. It's all right. Why, in certain circumstances, does the president of the United States sometimes appear orange Now Trump himself has come up with an answer, and it's not one anyone was expecting. The problem, apparently, is energy-efficient light bulbs. 
Talking before an audience of Republican legislatures in Baltimore on Thursday night, Trump gave a rambling speech in which he tackled criticism of his recent plans to weaken legislation on on environmentally friendly bulbs. The light bulb, the president began. People said, what's with the light bulb? And I said, here's the story. And I looked at it. The bulb that we're being forced to use, number one, to me, most importantly, the light's no good. I always look orange, and so do you. The light is the worst. The light is the worst. It's weird, Maureen, Mm. because I didn't realize that the sun had been replaced by LED light bulbs. Because he looks just as orange outside as he does inside a bulb room. A bulb room. That's my brain. There you go, right. Maureen. My brain calls the indoors a bulb the, room. A bulb room, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what about outside then, where he still looks Right. Yeah. Apparently and, that's yeah. And also in places like it's when like, he's in those kind of grand yeah. ballrooms giving speeches with other world leaders and Mar-a-Lago, his own properties. Um, every photograph that's professionally lit. Uh, he, Maureen, he has gotten to the point now where he is gaslighting about lighting. Oh, no. Yeah. What then, was that creaking door? It sounded like a murderer was coming in. I know, it was the gaslight. I'm fine, Dan. I'm fine. There was no door. What door? No, oh, no. What door? I believe it. I will be hallucinating by the end of the day, Maureen. Maureen, we are we are a long way from celebrating our three years together. And I think we need to get that celebration started again. All right. I think we need to have our yearly visit by Anna Marie Cox, our very first guest ever on Says Who. She has now since joined us every year. Every year we wish that we would not be joined by her again because we wish that we were done. But we're not done, Maureen. You know what this means, Dan? The first visit, she was ghost of Christmas past. Oh, no. The second visit, She was the present. This time, she's the ghost of Christmas future. I think think if we're going with this metaphor, the very first, because this is technically the fourth time we have now talked to Anna Marie Cox. So the first time she would have been the ghost of Bob Cratchit. Or Marley, I mean, yeah, exactly. Jacob Marley. Yeah, not Bob Marley. If she was the ghost of Bob Marley, (laughs) that would be a lot more fun. Man, everything would have been different. There's a lot happening. Let's talk to Anna. Let's talk. (sighs) Anna Marie Cox. (laughs) You're back again. Uh, I guess we're all going to, can we all start with a sigh? Like that's like the official (sighs) greeting of the Trump era. (laughs) Do you feel... Do you have unexplained aches and pains? Oh my and God, I do. 
just like a kind of backache and a neck ache and just kind of a constant like, oh, I just can't get, I just can't get well comfortable. I, I was, I'm wondering if you're going to use the word comfortable because, you know, this, God, I hate the phrase silver lining. One of the things to come out of the Trump era that is helpful, let's say, is white people discovering discomfort. Mm. Yep. Um, yeah. I like, like we both said, yep, at exactly the same time. Yeah, and exactly the same way. I mean, I, I think, and I think that a lot of white people are starting to realize that, that this thing that we feel, this constant threat of oppression, the sense that um, our rights are uh, not taken for, we can't take them for granted. I mean, that's how people of color and other non-centered people have have experienced politics in the United States for hundreds of years. And I think th- the best case scenario, you know, is that we white people, other people of privilege, uh, see the opportunity in that for further community coalition, you know, fighting together. And, and change. Change. And I mean, <laughs> it's there are flashes of it, I think. Um, I think climate change has started to to feel like a, a a coalition. And I think that a lot of the uh gun control advocates have become more uh intersectional, I guess is the word you have mm-hmm. to use. That they realize I had an interview with Shannon Watts, who started Moms Demand Action, and one of the most fascinating things we talked about was her realization, I think about a year into the project, that there were a bunch of white suburban ladies talking about gun control as though school shootings were the most important problem. Right. And, and they're terrible. Like, we can all agree. Yes, they're terrible. But they're not the primary cause of gun deaths in the U.S. So... You know, they've really changed their organization to be more representational and change their focus, which is awesome. You know, that yeah. that's yeah, that is great. And that's a good change. So we are learning like that's that's maybe if we if I look back on the past three years, I think the most positive thing I can say is that some white people, not all of them and not even all progressives and liberals are starting to take advantage of the opportunities that discomfort allows. Right. To evolve. Mm -hmm. Be a better human. Yeah, Yeah, I think. I think so. I think some of us are on that path. Um, I don't know if that means anything for the 2020 election. (laughs) But, you know, I guess we're not looking forward. We're just looking back. What's what? You know, Dan, Let's, help we me. We can look in both directions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think it's, I don't think we need to hold the future away. And, uh, and yeah, I think we can look in both directions. I'm curious. So we have talked to you. This is now the fourth time we have talked. Yeah. The mm-hmm. first time was we were looking, it was, we were looking at the 2016 election at about eight weeks distance. And we were like, this is tough. Hey, we just got to stick it out for a couple more weeks. We're learning a lot. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We're so I silly. Know. We're such dumb people. And last, and and you know, then the first year it was kind of like, holy shit. We well, were nine months uh, in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, this has got to wrap sometime soon. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Then then last year it was a little it was a little dark. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, <laughs> there was a lot of prepping going on when we talked last year. Yeah. Um, and and now here we are. Year here, three. Here we are. <sighs> We're like therapists that only talk to you once a year. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I was thinking about what I. I was thinking about this occasion and, and what I might have to offer. And the first thing that came to mind was the fact that this, and this is the honest to God truth. I still sometimes have that moment of, Oh my God, Donald Trump really is president. Yeah. Oh, like, I have I that a lot. Have that yeah. too. <laughs> like this buffoon from the TV is our president. And it's because yeah. it's it's and may, I don't know if that says something about me and and maybe some kind of like privilege of like not having to think about it all the time. Or maybe it says something about uh, my inability to accept reality. But it's so fucking crazy. Like and yet it's so crazy. And yet it's all happening in this escalating way that really, you know, we're all getting boiled alive. And the, I mean, the, it's good. Alabama, it's- Alabama, Alabama. I mean, like, I don't even, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about it. Right. But <laughs> can I talk uh, as your as your once yearly therapist? Can I talk to you about it in a in a very uh, non clinical but sweep sweeping way? Do sure. you what? This is what is what is wrong with him? What's because <laughs> there's something wrong, like whether it's organic environmental pressures the job that lean into the natural process of of aging and stress and something. What 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 is wrong? I'm I'm I know that you're not a doctor, <laughs> so I mean I don't know I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but um. My mom suffered from dementia before she died. And so I'm just going to talk about observable actions and behavior. And there is, there are some things that, that Trump does that do remind me of her in the period where she was able to cover up her loss of function. She was super smart. And I'm willing to believe that Trump, because especially if you look at old interviews, like he's pretty smart actually like maybe not book smart obviously but he's quick and he's clever and how when you say old interviews how how far like, back oh, are you like talking like old like 80s i think okay yeah, yeah yeah totally he can he can put a sentence together that begins and ends in the same place and is and is int- i mean he's charismatic and you know he has a conversation he was a game show host right and he has a conversational skill he's very con- has good conversational skills i would say in the in that period and my mom was very smart and a wonderful conversationalist and when she started to lose her you know brain functions her acuity it took us a while to notice because she had kind of tricks to cover for herself and they included tell me if these sound familiar but repetition, mm-hmm. 
returning to things she was certain about all the time. Like when she got lost in a sentence or a conversation, she just kind of bring it back around to something she was confident about. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And also she was paranoid and yep. delusional and not delusional. You know, and it, I just, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about this, but I remember talking to her at the nursing home and she was able to be completely lucid, but talk about like crazy stuff, you know, like she totally seemed like she was sane and making sense, but she was talking about things that were not true. And that I see that in our, our president. Also um, fixations, yes, inability to to set something aside. It's an absolute need to return to it. And yep, yep. And this is like you know this was fairly early on. I mean, obviously, like one dementia is ongoing and it gets worse. But and and that's the thing about what's happening with Trump is that we should, I think, be trying to pay attention to decline. Um, because if it is an organic problem. He's going to get worse. There's no right flatlining, you know, there's no stabilizing of uh, dementia disease. And here's the thing. He, he seems like he is getting worse. <laughs> the stress, stress does not help with any process like that. That's not a. Yeah. And the, I mean, is, is uh, uh, the Alabama thing, you know, People talked about in Alabama. The people talked about how this summer he seems to have gone more crazy. And I don't like to, I'm trying to not use the word crazy, but maybe here it's actually appropriate. Um, But he seems to have gotten more extreme, more fixated, uh, a looser grip on, I I won't even use the word reality, a looser grip on everything, you know, like, and just returning again and again to some of these same topics, these same phrases, and also his behavior is um, uh, unpredictable in even more extreme ways. Um, like this firing of Bolton, like is whatever you feel like of Bolton was destabilizing, let's say. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and his reasoning for it seems to have been fairly impulsive. And weird. That doesn't sound like him at all. Yeah, I know. I know. So the, what I mean, I don't this is all talking about what's happening. I don't know what what it means for the future besides he's completely, you know, suckered the entire Republican establishment and they're all on board for this. And so they will it's a codependent relationship and do you think, can I ask you a question okay. there? Do you think he's suckered them or do you think they can absolutely see the decline, but they are just knowingly serving it, you know, like a mad king? That's what I think of a lot, like a kind of one of these, you know, I talked about, you know, a prince, the princess who thought she had a glass piano inside of her or the, the guy that keeps building, you know, castles that are based on Wagnerian operas and there are various <laughs> kind of mental instabilities royalty has shown over the years and people just kind of having to nod and go, that's right. The, the, the her majesty has swallowed a glass piano, like just well, I having think, to be a courtier. I, I think there's some of that, but when I say sucker, I also think of how you can't cheat an honest man. 
And the reason it maybe suckered isn't isn't that they're naive. It's that they've bought into something for the what they think is going to be their own self enrichment or gain. Mm-hmm. And that is why they support him. I think it's funny. I would all, I would all make the distinction between him and a king because I think to to some extent the deference paid to royalty isn't completely self-interested, you know? Right. Um, right. There's some sense of loyalty to the state perhaps, or to an idea. Whereas I think that the loyalty, so-called loyalty, it's not actually loyalty, you know, shown to Trump is completely based on self-interest. And that's why they are supporting him. And now what's what, But, but it's still suckering in the sense that they're, beguiled because they think this is going to work out for them. That's the thing that I don't understand is this many years in at this point, who is deluding themselves to think that they are going to get anything out of this other than ultimately humiliated when they finally leave? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, I, they're not looking at the, at the at what's actually happened in the world, right? I mean, Rick Wilson talks about this a lot when, when we speak, which is that they just refuse to learn the lesson that's playing out in front of them every day, which is he has no loyalty. He is compl- he, I think, enjoys fucking people over after they've been loyal to him. Oh, without a doubt. You know, like he takes great pleasure in d- betraying people. So... And, and he has never followed through on a deal in his entire fucking life. He has never come through. Whether you look at his marriages uh, or you look at his actual businesses or you look at his relationships in general, from what I can tell, the man has no friends. Right? It's kind yeah. of, right. he is a tragic figure on some level. I think he's a deeply unhappy person, uh, a deeply insecure oh, yeah. person. I think he, I think he actually deep down hates himself uh, or doesn't like, maybe hate is a strong word, but you know, I, I look at him and I see a fellow child, a fellow um, child of an alcoholic home and perhaps a dry drunk. I know other people have made that comparison, but I see in him the same things that I kind of have experienced in my life. And those are, those create a sad person and I know it's it's one of those sort of fake empathetic things. It's kind of funny to say, like, only if only his father had loved him more, like maybe we wouldn't be on the brink of, you know, total civilizational collapse. <laughs> but I do think if his father had loved him more, <laughs> we wouldn't be on the brink of civilizational right. collapse. So. So. So that's what's wrong with him. Right. What's wrong with us <laughs> that we can't fucking look away? How are we still looking at this with this level of granularity and this like, oh, my God, sometimes like the same that same moment of occasionally just being like, holy shit, this dude is the fucking president like hits you like I get these moments of like, holy fuck. Look at how far in this you are. Yeah. Well, can I just say that as a, someone with a relative who behaves in this manner, like I have a close relative that has a very Trumpian behavioral profile, mm-hmm. you don't look away because you always want to know what direction it's coming from next. 
I do think that yeah. there's a certain self-preservation instinct in paying attention, at least a little attention. I, I think there's also an unhealthy level of fascination with the, in terms of the news media. Mm-hmm. I think I am for the abolishment of the White House press corps. I think I, Jay Rosen has put it, send the interns. And I think that's probably a good idea. I think that he benefits from the nitty gritty soap opera style coverage of the ins and outs of the administration. I think that to a certain yeah. extent, we are we would be better off as a country if we didn't know quite as much about his mental state. Like his policy changes are enough to upset us. They really are. Um, and those are the things that we should be upset about. And those are the things we can do something about. We can't change his mental decline. We have no, uh, there's just no way. But in terms of the rollback of regulations, um, the disappearance of Obamacare, all of that, there are things that people can do, at least um, uh, on a long-term level and, and more short-term on the state level. And I, I wish that the news coverage of the administration focused more on the policies and the people that are being hurt by these policies. And that's what we all knew about and talked about like clean water regulations, like, um, uh, you know, the abuse of LGBTQ people, um, that, that those were the things that we, we had on the news every night, but you know, we don't, although, okay. So, but a couple of things. So I, I don't think we can completely ignore it. I, even the mental decline part right. that we should probably be aware of it. But I also think the solution isn't to just try and ignore it or, or make ourselves pay attention to other things. It's connecting with our community, connecting with each other, and maybe a little bit of forcing to talk about other things. Like make yourself read another part of the paper besides the coverage of the White House and make yourself say something about that to a friend or a neighbor. And and then... Oh, I was going to say the other, because the other problem is if we get too wrapped up in the soap opera and the drama, we lose the will to do anything else because it seems so unstoppable and inevitable. Um, So we kind of have to pay attention to other things so that we don't feel the nihilism that he generates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so one thing that we have been doing uh, in the last few weeks on the podcast is uh, we call it Says Who You. And uh, we have been talking about kind of just taking a minimum of 15 minutes a day where you consciously put the screen down and do something else. Mm. And I'm curious kind of what when you put the screen down, what do you do? Well, I'm incredibly fortunate, but also I did create my career to go in a certain direction. So in which, so the confluence of what I wanted and what I've been able to do has been great, which is that my day-to-day job, my day job of being a podcaster host with friends like these means that my uh, journalism is not tied to the news cycle. And that's, I think the first time in my life that's true. And it's incredibly freeing. I have gone days where I did not read the news, which isn't to say I didn't read public policy or read things that have to do with our state of our country. But, you know, um, 
it means I get to read the books that the authors we have on the show write. So though, and those books often are uh, intersect with the Trump era, but they're about bigger ideas and and more um, more engaging topics. Like I just so last week I talked to Rachel Monroe who wrote a book about it's called Savage Appetites and it's about the true crime phenomenon. And mm-hmm. I was actually going to mention it a second ago because one of the things that comes out of her book is the idea that white women especially are in great in, are engaged and engrossed in these true crime narratives because they are a manageable kind of chaos and manageable kind of fear. Uh, they happen to someone else. Um, they m- enable us to feel both like we're victims and we need to be protected, but also ultimately that we have a hand in our own fate which is a really privileged place to be. And it makes you feel pretty good, you know, to be able to get the, the attention of being a victim, but also not being a completely passive person. Um, and I, and we both think that that, and that desire is definitely a reaction to the Trump era and that feeling of overwhelming chaos and being totally at risk, um, and being made aware of your own privilege in a very like destabilizing way. Um, and so that's is that's what I get to do on a daily basis. I'm going to read this book at oh, once. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, and then I also, so this week, the guest was Avery Truffleman, and she has a podcast. We talked about her podcast called Nice Try, which is about utopias. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that definitely intersects with our current, you know, state of being. Because what is Make America Great Again but a call for a certain kind of utopia? Right. And indeed, utopias don't exist, right? And it, and utopia, and it's a utopia because, well, I don't need to probably explain it to you guys, but that the great again place that most Trump supporters are thinking of never existed, never will exist. Right. But they they're pursuing it in any way. And also, we got to an, what I think is a really interesting kind of conclusion. Of course, I encourage people to listen to the it's podcast. It's a great itself, po- by the way, but. If you're not listening to Anna Marie's podcast, I don't understand because it's great. <laughs> yeah. And I, like what I love about it is what I'm talking about, which is that I think it's helped me understand the Trump era without having to daily think about the fact that there is a crazy person in the White House. And again, I use that word crazy pretty intentionally, yeah. you know, as someone who has mental health issues myself, I don't want to use it in a derogatory way. But he's unstable, as with an unstable person yes. in the White, yeah. in the White House. Maybe that's an even well, you, more accurate. You can be unstable, and that's fine. But you can be unstable and have a bo- and have a base malignant person that, like just be a malignant person. Yeah, he is a malignant person, yeah. and who has, on top of that, instability issues. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. That is, and that is the the. I mean not to be too glib about it, but that's what separates mass shooters from other people with (laughs) mental health issues, right? It's not the mental health. It's the malignant beliefs. It's, it's the desire to hurt people. And I do think, I mean, I don't want to get dragged back into this, but you know, some of the constants in his personality have been his sadism and his racism. Oh, definitely. He is a cruel person. Like, just yeah. astonishingly cruel. Cruel and relishes and, in his cruelty. Yeah. And 
I can't, I don't know if we've elected another person like that. I honestly don't. Yeah, he's a brute. I, I, he's a brutal, brutal person. Like e- even Nixon was mainly who's probably the most analogous president that I can think of because he was so insecure and and so paranoid. Um, Had the villainous profile, but also was and also ultimately kind of sad. And I feel like mm-hmm. his vindictiveness was much more um, based on feeling. On, on some accurate feelings of being wronged. Whereas Trump isn't just acting out of being wronged. He's just a, a nasty person. Does that make yeah. sense? Like yes. yeah. Nixon was mostly reacting, whether it's perceived or accurate, he was reacting to the sense that people um, had done him wrong. The, you right? know, the classic, you're not going to have Richard Nixon to kick around anymore. Just right. To- exactly. Whereas I think Trump, would just be cruel even if he was treated. And in fact, we see this, even if people treated him with total deference and completely sucked up to him, he would be cruel anyway. Whereas I I think Nixon, I mean, maybe pointless to speculate, but his personality seems as though he did actually appreciate being treated well. You know, Um, I, I, it is sort of scary to contemplate. I, I, I think I would prefer Nixon to be president right now. Like, at least he created the EPA. You know? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there were some things that happened under Nixon that weren't horrible. And There's, he what he wasn't sh- as unstable either. You've, you've probably see, uh, seen the Nixon speech that he gives to that, the resignation speech where he talks about everybody in the household. And it's a surprisingly moving and yeah. heartfelt speech where he thanks everybody who cleaned the White House. Yeah. I ha- I actually I've read it. I haven't heard it, but it's very uh, moving. I if I can recommend I'm basing almost all of my commentary about him on Gary Will's uh Nixon Antagonists, mm-hmm. which is one of the best political books ever written. It's a doorstopper like 500 page uh book collection of his reporting and essays about the Nixon era and it it's incredibly sympathetic without being at all unsparing you know so it's nixon's resignation speech is a perfect segue (laughs) is there any chance in your mind that we don't interview you next year because he's gone well i mean any chances of you know um nothing's impossible You know, I'm a Christian, so I believe all kinds of crazy things. Um, <laughs> I believe in miracles. So, you know, uh, like you're asking the wrong person. I believe like some dude rose from the dead. Uh, I so like, I mean. You have a great oof. capacity to believe in grace. <laughs> I do. I do. And that's actually probably the more important. That's what gets me through the fucking day. Um, but when I think about, you know, the chances that, that Trump won't be in the White House, I, I, I think this is, I can't, I, I feel bad saying this. I feel like it's almost more likely that he have some kind of health event than he be yes. impeached. Yeah. Anna Marie Cox. <laughs> yes. I want to, I want to believe in your belief of grace mm-hmm. and hope that we don't speak next year. I hope not. You are 
the best worst interview we have. Oh, <laughs> Cute. this is the best worst show I'm on. Uh, oh, yay. <laughs> and we say it with the best intentions. We hope not to talk to you again. Yeah, we sure do. I hope to like, maybe we should like have a panel at a Comic-Con. That's what we should do. That's, that sounds great. We're yeah. there. All right. Let's but not for that. the show. Not for this show. No. no but all right. if by chance we do, we will talk to you next year. <laughs> all right. We'll talk next year no matter what. It's just a question of whether it's recorded for the show or not. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Maureen, I can't, there's hardly anything that happens on a yearly basis that I end up uh, loving and dreading all at the same time than our yearly conversation with Anna Marie Cox. You seem more chipper now, though. Well, you know, I've been up for a while. I've been talking, feeling limber now. Mm -hmm. Three years, Maureen, that's a big deal. We were not supposed, I cannot stress enough how much we are not supposed to be here. Yeah. It does feel like we're under some sort of like witch's curse. Yeah, that we're definitely there's a spell. Yeah. I remember in fact cuz I'm back in the bedroom today because I because of the guests and the puppy and I remember back then Dan I'm looking at the closet I would record in that closet over there and I would get in there with all the clothes. <laughs> that was my soundproofing as I would squeeze myself into my closet with all my clothes and my shoes and it was very dark and I'd squish in there with a little folding chair and I'd have my computer on my lap and it would so I would try to talk to you and we would talk to all of these reporters and all of the people we talked to about the election and how great it would and it would be over soon but I, I fondly remember just being surrounded by clothes and shoes <laughs> in my face darkness Talking about how, oh, it'll all be over so soon. Turns out, joke was on us, Maureen. Now, you know, we're building flamethrowers. We're taking Instapots on planes. We're covered yeah. in chains. We're, we're, we're just, we're signing up for teams to fight in elections that are over a year away. It's good. It's good. And it is made possible. Maureen, not by you or me, but by you, the listener, through your support of us on Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. All of you says whovians, you are, hopefully this is helping you. You are helping us. Thank you. And honestly, listen to Dan. He's barely alive. Your support True. is keeping Dan alive. I mean, he's he's out in L.A. He's confused. I think the only thing keeping him going right now is the thought of one of those tacos that he likes. But uh, I had mole last night, Maureen, that blew my mind. I wanted just a vat of it that I could crawl into. You get very excited when you go to L.A. and have that kind I do. of food is. Food in L.A. is incredible. But if you're it's not in L.A. and you need something to eat, why not sign up for oh, f- <laughs> God damn it. Blue Apron? 
Blue Damn. Apron special three year special. God damn it. Go on a Blue Apron backslash backslash front slash. God damn it. Says who backslash three oh, years. Damn it. Just That's get. It's just a box that is full of mole. It's not in any kind of container. It's going to be real music drippy. Is performed by Ted Leo. I don't logo think it was it's... designed by Darth. And there also there'll be a emotional support Instapot in there. You can, you can contact us at Says Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y at SaysWhoPodcast.com. Take it on a plane. Join and, the discussion uh, on Facebook sit next to you. at slash groups slash SaysWhovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Now come in the middle of the night and leave an Instapot next to you on the pillow. And you, yes, you can spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Reviews are incredibly helpful. Thank you for writing them. I really and can't believe you didn't see that one, Dan. I, I didn't. Just... I cannot. I basically can't actually see anything right now, Maureen. I it. I cannot underscore how terrible my day is going to go today. Due to the sheer level of exhaustion that I I am experiencing right now. Anyway, you can join well, us on September week, 25th. Dan, hmm, Dan that's next, yeah. Next, next next week. Yes, yes, next week. I will not be coming to you from New York City. No. No. I'll be coming to you live from Greece. From the Grecian Islands. It's true. I will be in Greece. Wow. So. Maybe you'll be, be really tired. It'll be very fun trying to find our uh, our recording window. <laughs> what could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Nothing. Nothing at all. You are in Greece next week, Maureen, on a writer's retreat. But at the end of October... I don't have the dates in front of me, so I'm just going to say the end of October, you're going to be in Austin, Texas for the Texas Book Festival. And at the beginning of October, I will be in Chicago at the American Writers Museum with Annalie Newitz, who is touring on her brand new book that actually comes out next week, The Future of Another Timeline, and it is amazing. I'm Buy also going book. to have some pre-order information for my new book soon. How you can yeah. get a signed pre-order. Um, I did the tip-in sheets. So there are a bunch of pre- of signed books that'll be out in the wild. That's fancy. Uh, but there'll be a pre-order campaign coming soon. And I like the idea that when you say they're out in the wild, like there is an intern at uh, your, your book publisher who is duct taping books to like deer right yeah. now. That's right. They are just and- covered in ticks, but it's mm-hmm. worth it. You will get Lyme disease from it, but uh, it will be signed. Yeah. So. Books. It's worth books. it. Books. You can join us next week. We'll figure out how to record it. Uh, September 25th for our next episode. That will be the first episode into our fourth year, won't it? And I'll. Take the microphone outside so you can hear the sound of the water uh, and uh, the uh, Greek, the ocean lapping at the at the the mythical 
the, the, the truly mythical scenery, Dan. Yeah, this is, literally, this is, literally yeah. mythical. I am psyched as hell. I've never been it's, to Greece. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. But right now, Maureen, I'm in my hotel in Los Angeles, and I and doing, am Dan Singer. You're doing great. You're doing I'm great, doing, Dan. I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Dan, I'm proud of you. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay. You want me to say my name, don't you? I was thinking that would be nice. Do you get coffee after this? Like when we get I off? will. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, first I got to take a shower, then then coffee. You get coffee. When, yeah. when you shower, do you put a little um, shower cap around your beard? No, I, I, I wash and condition my beard, Maureen. I'm not a you monster. You condition oh, yeah. your beard? Yeah, that's how it's so flowy and, and luxurious. How long does it take to dry? Not that long. Like, you know, dry time. I like never really long? timed it. Uh, how long? Know, like 20 minutes, something. So when it's still wet, does it look like kind of a straggly, like wet dog kind of just like. Yes. Wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> looks like a looks like 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 a real fluffy dog when their tail gets uh, when their tail oh. gets wet. It looks like that kind of droopy That's- wet dog tail. That's the sad Dan face when his when his beard's all wet and he's just standing out in the rain with those sad eyes. Exactly. Just looking looking in the window. Hey guys. Exactly. I don't have exactly. my Instapot. I don't have my Instapot with me. I know. I'm so just sad. I'm dancing out of a out of a tub. Dancing. I'm so sad. Can I come in, you guys? You got any tacos in there? I just want to come in. My name's Dan. All right, Maureen. We got to wrap name- it up. We My name's wrap Jen. It up I here. just want to come, come on in. Can let me in. I make a podcast. I'll talk it's to you about it. We hear about my done. podcast. I do like your you doing my voice. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I'm Dan Sinker. <laughs> what, Maureen? It's time to wrap it up. Come on, it's time to go. Just say your name, Maureen. Just say your name. God, this is freaking me out now. Maureen, just say your name. Come on. <laughs> Come on, my beard is my beard is from wet. my Come basement on. in New York. That's a bedroom. I'm what? Maureen Johnson. That doesn't even sound like you. I'm. That's my new thing. This has been says who. Oh my God, Maureen! I'm so tired. Oops, are you Dan. hungry, Dan? Are you hungry? Yeah. Yeah. Mom's hungry. What, yeah. What do you think you're gonna have for breakfast? Uh, I don't know, like some kind of bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich or something. Yeah, I don't know. you don't. Like do you, are you gonna Are you gonna go to a to a restaurant to eat it? Probably, am yeah, in LA. Because so. instead, maybe you could have Blue Apron shipped to your hotel room, and they could have food in it in a box. Ah, you did the Blue Apron. <laughs> God damn it! God damn it! Ah. <laughs> Yay, I win!